everybody, and welcome to Mixed Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Paige, and I have my host, Sasha, as well. What are we talking about today, Sasha? Today, we are talking about my all-time favorite movie in the whole world, the 2007 live-action Transformers film directed by Michael Benjamin Bay, our Bay. (laughs) She just spat. Paige just did a spit take. Are you okay? His middle name is fucking Benjamin. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I have so many questions. I have so much water everywhere. I wasn't expecting his middle name to be Benjamin or for him (laughs) to have a middle name at all. I think that's what threw me off. You just thought he was just this creature that just like came and was then one day named Michael Bay. Honestly, I'm conv- I was convinced his name wasn't Michael Bay. Like that wasn't his real name. No, I'm pretty sure his full name is Michael Benjamin Bay. Did I get it on my nice mechanical keyboard? Oh, thank God, the mechanical it's keyboard was spared. It probably probably cleaned some of those crumbs out. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> I've had this this smooch on my uh, s- screen for three years, and it's gone now. So, yeah, everything worked out. You're welcome. (laughs) Why is his middle name Benjamin? I don't know. Why is his last name Bay? (laughs) (laughs) Why does he exist? Why does he torment us so? It's like thinking that Tom Cruise has a middle name. (laughs) He probably (laughs) does, but I don't want to look it up. (laughs) That's so gross. Yeah, so, I mean, most people know this, but if you were to ask me what my favorite movie was, there are two and a half answers that are that are passable. But however, if I were locked in a basement with like a chainsaw against my labia with a bunch of foreign speaking people asking me, what's your fucking favorite movie? I would easily say 2007 Transformers. And they would, you know, pat me on the back for my honesty and still mutilate me for having horrible taste. Yeah, your labia would be cut off, which I have a question. <laughs> Why are they threatening only your labia? I don't know. It just seems like the most painful part to put a chainsaw to. I think the clitoris is worse. I mean, it's a chainsaw. It's gonna fuck all that shit up. <laughs> yeah, so why even start there? <laughs> Specificity! <laughs> I'm a woman and everybody needs to know. Look at my labia. <laughs> then if I'm gonna be castrated, it starts with the labia and moves upwards. <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Lars von Trier's Antichrist. That is not female castration. <laughs> Alright, we digress. Tell me yes. what the other one and a half movies is, though, first, before we get well, started. Well, Requiem's definitely, because Requiem, in my opinion, is the best movie ever made. Okay. So, and I also love that almost as much as I love watching this movie. Gotcha. So, definitely that. And then, Climax is getting up there. I just really, I think at this point, I've probably seen Climax almost as many times as I've seen Requiem. It's just, it's because it's shorter, it's so rewatchable. Yeah. So, I love it. But, okay. yes, this this takes the cake from 2007. And right, I'm sure so sh- this is... Sorry. Show me on the Transformer doll where this movie touched you. Right where he lubricates. <laughs> At the top of Act 3. <laughs> I remember that. <coughs> right this there. This movie That's is where... crude. <laughs> Very crude. I think this was probably... Because when this movie came out, I was nine. And I saw it the day it came out. And I remember this being like one of the first actual pg-13 movies i'd seen yeah because like obviously i was 10 so i'd seen the pirates of the caribbean movie which i guess is the only other theatrical experience i can equate to this because that had some really good score big vfx and stuff i'm very happy you brought up pirates of the caribbean because i could not stop thinking of pirates of the caribbean throughout this entire movie specifically the beginning because the score sounds so much like pirates of the caribbean yeah i mean hans zimmer obviously helped with it (laughs) it is not hans zimmer that did the first pirates movie 
Oh, I thought it was. Sorry. I thought you said that it was. No, no, no. He did the second two. Oh, okay. The first guy was somebody else. Well, I mean, he didn't do this one either. I just know he helped the music guy on the score. He was so kind of helping so I, everybody around that time. Yeah, so I didn't know if he was also in the same situation yeah. with Pirates. I don't know why that sounded vaguely familiar. He could have been. He could have been. He, that's kind of like how he was getting his name everywhere. It was just kind of like sticking his fingers and everything. Which, yeah. he's a good person to have at your back, so. For sure. Um, Yeah, so I would say like this was like the first. Because up until that point, I was watching movies. I guess, like I said, Pirates of the Caribbean is the closest. Because up until then, it was like. Star Wars was PG-13, Harry Potter was PG-13, everything in that, like, YA vein. But that was more, like, that wasn't crude. I guess that was just because it had to be a little bit violent and they couldn't get it under the PG rating at that time. Yeah. So this was, like, the first movie where I was like, oh, this is, like, this is, like, an adultish movie. Fun fact... Sorry. Seems like a PG thirteen episode of South Park. Whenever, whenever I was watching it, and I love South Park, but not like this. Fun fact: This was the first time I had ever heard the term "masturbate," and immediately used it incorrectly in front of my mother. <laughs> <laughs> As we all have. I thought it was like an activity that you could just do alone. <laughs> but it I mean, is. it is. But I thought it was just like hanging out by yourself. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Which it is. <laughs> I, mean, I think it was very difficult for her to have to explain, like. Yeah, it is all those things, but there's also a very big, very big pivotal part of it that you will not understand yet. She's like, so just don't use that yet. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So did how did you, you feel? How did I oh. feel? So this this made me nostalgic because I, I had not seen this movie since it came out. So I also saw this movie in theaters with my father, which this was entirely my father's idea. So I don't know where an immigrant from Cuba got the idea to go see the live action Transformers movies. I don't English, know. English, to- dude. English. <laughs> I remember sitting there in the theater having my father translate everything that guy is saying. <laughs> and my dad's literal response, I shit you not, was I cannot understand Mexican Spanish. to be fair that guy is speaking like a million miles per minute and i'm sure none of it's a full sentence (laughs) which cubans do too but he's like mexican spanish is way harder than cuban spanish i could not do it (laughs) i was like thanks all the props of having a spanish-speaking father gone to waste good job dad and i remember sitting there in the theater and it was like fun it was nice it was ever but this was the first and literally only time after a movie had ended that people cheered I have oh, yet wow. to have an experience where people cheer at the end of a movie. It was only this movie. And looking back at my life, I'm like, really? Yeah, this, right? This That's is so That didn't happen for me. I mean, when you see movies in LA and you see them opening weekend, everybody fucking cheers now. So it's mm-hmm. become a very... It's almost weird for me now when people don't cheer at the end of a movie. But I think that's a very Los Angeles art film yeah. culture thing. In Michigan, we do, like, the Irish exit. We just, like, get up and leave. No <laughs> word is spoken. We don't speak until we, like, buckle our seatbelts in the car. Like, that's, that's exactly how, how that happens. That's how I knew everybody was under the Marvel veil when people were actually sitting through credits. <laughs> I was like, you're not, like, guys, there's not going to be anything here. And if there is, it's going to be on YouTube tomorrow. Yeah. You, I promise you, your 10 minutes will be better navigating the parking lot. <laughs> I've, I've stopped sitting through Marvel credits. I'm like, I'll find it later. Yeah. I like and I like the way that this movie does its after scene credits. Where there as there, there's there an is, after scene credits in this. There's two. There's two after scene credits, but they're like basically in the credits. So yeah, there's the first after after scene credit where it's the government interviewing the, his parents. Oh, and like, I did see that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and she's like, the government would let us know if there were aliens. <laughs> And then it cuts back to credits, and then it cuts to Starscream, like, flying up into space, like, a little bit later on, which is like, oh, there's gonna be a sequel, which back, to be fair, 
as a 10 year old in 2007, that's when I was like, oh, cool, there's gonna be a sequel. That was back before everything had a fucking sequel. Yeah. So I was actually excited. And it was also one of those like movies where I was like, it, there's so many movies that come out that tease having a sequel, I assume for, you know, production properties or whatever, or like production purposes. Mm-hmm. But like this one, I was like, it might not get a sequel, but clearly they're setting it up for one. Yeah. And I was like, I hope there's a fucking sequel. And unfortunately, there, there were many. <laughs> we got the worst sequel that I think I have ever seen in my life is Transformers Ooh, I don't 2. know. The third one's really bad. Because I used to think it was Revenge of the Fallen 2, mm-hmm. but I rewatched all three of them like two years ago. And I was like, first off, the drop off is just so obvious. That's why you think it's funny when I tell people my favorite movie is Transformers and they're like, oh, which one? And I go... The good one, obviously. Everybody yeah. knows the, this is the good one. <laughs> like the other ones are fucking awful. So I was I was watching this and I was shocked at like how well put together it is. Like I expected this to be like hot garbage that everybody was kind of blinded by because it was like big robot special effects. Yeah, it's a well constructed constructed kind of cookie cutter film. Yeah, but it, everybody serves a role. Everything comes together and like it does like move you in parts. But I am and this is the point where I'm going to say this. The score is doing all of the heavy lifting for all the emotional points. And it's also, it's the score. And this is the one thing that I need to like talk about when it comes to Michael Bay as a director. Cause we talked about him like kind of as a person, as a producer in the last episode, yeah. but like, or I guess the project Almanac one, but for this one, it, I think like, I don't think the Transformers movies are shot poorly. And like, I've no. seen videos. And if you even like watch the full takes that they get, they go, go through some long, really like intense complicated shots that they nail but for some reason bay feels like he needs to cut away from every shot every five seconds so you lose so much of this like cinematic power because there's some shots where it's like pushing in and pulling out and it's like with the score rising and settling it makes that whole scene work but there's also scenes where it's like why are you cutting so much this is a cool shot especially towards the end of the movie there are so many cool action shots that you just like they should just play out you should just be able to see it in its entirety I sent you that snap of, and there's no reason they had to cut because they're implementing the entire CG. So yeah. It, it's not even like somebody missed their mark because there's nobody there. But the shot on the highway where they're like going under the transformer car as it's transforming and it pans out to loop around and then it cuts right before we see what yeah. the transformer would look like on the entirety of the hallway. And like, I remember watching the start of that shot. I'm like, this is a really good shot. This is a really good, it's shot. A really good shot. And it's ruined. Yeah. And it's just garbage. He's so close all the time. I really so think close. he can be a very competent filmmaker. He's yeah. just like so pumped with Mountain Dew and like protein shakes that he just cannot stop. I'm just imagining the Decepticon at the end with the fucking Mountain Dew cannon like boom, boom. That's Michael Bay on set. <laughs> <laughs> just go Mountain Dew right to the fucking face. Like I'm energized and sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> but... He, he he does. He's he's he seems like he can be competent, but it's almost like he needs a buddy to be like, okay, buddy, come on, chill, just chill out. And I I not to put too much pressure on it, but I also think story wise, this is probably why it's the better transformer out of all yeah. of them, because Spielberg has a hand in this. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. And I was yeah, and he that. had a he had a hand in the story too, which is kind of like why. Because the way I was watching it now and, like, trying to think of, like, how you break apart the story. Everybody always talks about, like, the reason this movie works is because it's a boy in his car. Which was Spielberg's idea. That's such a Spielberg cookie-cutter idea. 
But yeah. I feel like the other half, like the whole government, like first in, like the first contact with aliens, is like almost like a Michael Bay satire of what he imagines our first contact would be. Because it's just so crazy and it's so over the top and it's played so straight, but it's cut so like crazy. I'm like, there there are times where I probably laugh more at this movie than they, they intend for me to be. Because I'm like, why why is this happening? Why is this happening? <laughs> like the scene where they torture the I think it's a Decepticon in the little glass box. Like they oh, turn yeah. his phone into a Decepticon, and then it's just like this Nazi. It's almost like um uh Mangala doctor. Like yeah. mm, we're gonna like torture it. Isn't he psycho yeah. and crazy? And I'm just like, which, oh my God. which brings me up to two points. That scene's relatively far in the movie, but whatever. This shit's a whole fucko fuck mess. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines there's like nokia's know the way of the samurai and the chick is like nokia's from finland <laughs> and the secretary of defense is like yeah but also why does the why does the cube only make decepticons that's the plot point i need to ask why is it anytime the cube touches anything it's just e- immediately evil dude i don't know i don't know anything about transformers you had to tell me they were toys i had no- oh yeah i the thought it was shit. a tv show and then it was toys yeah um but they started as toys. I I don't know. I it's, uh, yeah. I don't know this, which actually came first. To be all honest. this plot falls apart and it's stupid and it doesn't make any sense. But you're you're here to see like cool robots killing each other. And that's what you get. And that and that's what you get. And like honestly, for 2007, I am still blown away by the. Effort. I I I hate like kind of always being that person. But I'm like you have to admit whether you like this movie or not, it looks spec fucking tacular for being. It it's, looks so good and it, it is 15 uh, years old. Yes. This and year, like, it turns 15 years old. And it, it, it was like, it became a part where I was like, there has to be parts of this where there's practical. There has to be, like, I know there's one part where a Decepticon reaches down and, like, grabs. First yeah. of all, can we talk about when he's infiltrating the base and he just takes part of the computer? And they're like, and he's, he's getting the drive. He's getting just the file to his hand. <laughs> it's like, it's is like, that what? how robots work? Are you just an entire circulatory, like, <laughs> electronic system? I guess so. They are cybernetic like also, robots. How how can how can a military base comprehend what is happening? If I they was a military, that's why I think it's so funny every time they cut to the government shit because it's literally just the U.S. government being like, "We have to go to war," yeah. <laughs> and everybody else is like, "Maybe we do, but we need to figure out with who first. And they're like, "No, North Korea." <laughs> <laughs> no, I also North you also Korea. have to give this uh this movie credit, I guess quote-unquote credit it's one of the few world like early 2000s world is ending movies and he's only in it for a shot but it's a white president a white male it's actually been like proven statistically in a lot of movies when the world is ending the president is either black or a woman (laughs) (laughs) right where this one i think this one's even funnier because it's so clearly george bush yeah no no, (laughs) he's got the republican socks on and everything yeah yeah so i I do have to give that can you rile me up some ding dongs can you rile me up some ding dongs darling (laughs) Just the one shot of his feet. I joined, joined Air Force One to get the president ding-dongs. I also love that that's the only shot you see of the president when uh, the rest of the movie is them screaming about how there's a national security issue and the president's nowhere to fucking be found. No. No. <laughs> I mean, realistic, probably. Yeah. This was also one of the first movies where I was like, oh, the soldiers are the good guys. <laughs> yeah, because it's Michael Bay, and that's yeah, all he does well, is, is suck is soldier my- dick. I want to say this is the first Michael Bay film I saw. And I, yeah, it was because every time, everything up until then, the government's always bad. <laughs> like everybody frames in this horrible light. And like, I don't think that they frame the government in a great light in this movie, but it's like believably good. 
Where like the an like the I feel like the answer is so obvious of what they should do. It feels more patriotic. It kind of feels like yeah. Independence Day kind of deal. Yeah, where it's, it's like not, everybody's no kind of a fucko, but we're still rooting for them. Yeah, there's no compromising like external personal or like external or internal personal conflicts that get in the way of things. There's the soldier, there's Josh Dumel who just wants to go to his baby that you see all of three shots of in the entire movie. Just so you know, he's got a baby. Yeah, there's so much like useless character backstory when it doesn't matter. Like I was shocked to find out that Megan Fox's character has a backstory at all with her fucking dad. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No one cares about her dad. It is cool that they have that payoff with her with the car at the end. There's a payoff? Yeah, yeah, um, because there, that's where she, like, rigs up Bumblebee when he loses his legs. She rigs him up so he can still fight, and that's, like, one of the turning points of the, the final battle is, like, Bumblebee's oh. back in the fight. They figured out how to get the Decepticons. Sam's getting away from Megatron, and that's, like, the shift of it. And I'm like, that's, and especially that being the love interest, like, fixing, like, the titular robot, essentially, other than, it I guess, Optimus It does give her a Prime. purpose, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That's a good payoff, and that's showing her she's doing more than just being the hot girl. Like, she gets into a fucking truck, wraps him up, and just starts driving crazy around the town while he blows the shit out of people. But we could have stopped at my dad was a big grease monkey. We didn't have this whole, like, cop backstory and how she didn't rat her dad out. And, like, yeah. that's, like, they come and go with that so quick. Like, they halt the whole movie for her to give this, like, I didn't give my dad up to the cops. Which, also, what was her dad in trouble for? He stole cars. That's how she learned how to work on cars. Was he, would, he would steal them, fix them up, and then resell them. Oh. Props yeah. to him. Good dad. <laughs> Making a living. It's also kind of like a cul-de-sac plot point with her whole like juvie record. I guess it's just to show Sam that she's not as perfect as he expects. But to be fair, in the first half of the movie, not to be rude, but he drops her off at a trailer park. And she's clearly with an abusive boyfriend. It's like there's enough yeah. subtext there for you to put together that her home life's probably not ideal. Yeah. But like as soon as they get to the Hoover Dam, he immediately is like her juvie record has to be gone. It's like, oh, that was a solid use of 10 minutes. Thanks. <laughs> Didn't need it. <laughs> Which brings me to my next point. Why is this movie two and a half hours long? So you're asking the wrong person. Because I could, I, I, I took me until I it, was probably 18 to realize that this was two and a half hours long. It takes an hour, an hour for Optimus Prime to show up. I know. He shows up at the exact hour and three minute mark. I, I looked at it every single time I watched this movie. Yeah. And I was like, good God. Why? To the track arrival the- to Earth. That's the only one we care about is Optimus Prime. You know what? That's where I disagree. I like Bumblebee, so I was happy with seeing Bumblebee. Yeah, because Bumble, this movie made Bumblebee cool because he only, he doesn't have dialogue. He talks. And he's also in the radio. a Camaro. <laughs> I don't give a shit about cars. I drive a 1993 <laughs> Pontiac Bonneville. You think I give a shit? <laughs> hey, one of the Pontiac guys was the one who designed that Camaro. Actually, it's actually a Pontiac body because that Camaro model didn't exist yet. Nice. So they had to build it, and it was like a fully functioning Camaro. Represent. Oh, let's talk about the car driving sequences and how everything is from a low shot at a Dutch angle, so you can't see the dude in the fucking driver's seat. Oh, yeah, seat and they tint the, the fuck out of the windows, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, okay, yeah, you can pick at that, and I, 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 that's a very valid point, but I think that does kind of add to the allure of the Transformer. It gives, like, a looming, especially well, when always... the car is stalking him. Yeah, I, and also, like, especially at the beginning of the movie, where it's still kind of like, like, obviously we know they're Transformers, but it's interesting to see them kind of, like, creep into everyday life that way. And I also was wondering, like, when I was a kid and I first saw this, I was like, what does it look like inside of a car while no one's driving it? Like, how are they going to do that? And I thought this was an interesting way to do it. It is nice, and it probably saves money. Like you don't have to put a dude in a green suit and then. Well, no, they did have guys. They he was in black suit. 
But they, oh, just, they, oh, so yeah, like, it was a black suit, black interior of the car, and they tinted all the windows. And that's exactly gotcha. how they did it. Yeah. So, so I bet if you blasted the gamma on that, you you could probably spot them in some shots. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking driving just for his life. The whites of his eyes, just like. <laughs> uh, no, when I was reading uh, facts about this, I was uh, I, I was like, it wraps back into our deep cut because the number one, the biggest car sponsor here was General Motors. <laughs> <laughs> They produced 200 cars to be destroyed, and then they produced three versions of all of the, the Autobots. <laughs> Just for them to blow them the fuck up. For reference, we have, uh, we both work separate jobs, um, and we both have people in our team chats that like to say GM everybody, and both of us read it as General Motors everybody. <laughs> we cannot read it as Good Morning. I now tell people Good Morning by telling them General Motors. Yeah, Sasha committed. <laughs> I never commit. say Good Morning to people, so I'm, I'm out of the race. That's why you just say General Motors. <laughs> I should. I should start saying General Motors everybody. Um, God. but yeah. No, uh, a cool a cool thing about this movie and like why I don't mind talking to people about it and like talking through why I like it because that's one notable thing that everybody says is how good this movie looks as it like a almost a fully CGI movie or at least primarily CGI, yeah. um, and everyone know how well it holds up and stuff. But like, uh, and the the nice thing is, so I guess he shouldn't get the credit for it, but. For Pearl Harbor, Michael Bay literally had like VFX artists design a different type of light rendering. Uh, yes, is that so? Quick side note: Is that why all of Michael Bay's movies are colored so weird? Uh, it's probably it's probably a factor. I want to say it's also that's his style. Yeah, and that probably also works best for what he's doing because um, he gets more control over it. But it works best with whatever engine he built for the VFX. Well, yeah, it's a, it's like, it's not, it's like a render setting. It's like a way that your 3D model can ingest light and yeah. deflect light specifically. It's called ambient occlusion, and so that's why when you see movies in CGI that's mixed into real life before, like movies like Pearl Harbor and Transformers, there's that weird off-color lighting and shading on everything. Yeah, and that's what they developed was a way for every material to reflect light like naturally, the way it's supposed to be on camera, so that you light the scene, you can go through and relight it the exact same way in VFX, and yes. it looks the exact same. And that's the number one thing that like any VFX artist will tell you is what makes CGI look off. It's always the lighting. Always light. It's a mixture of like lighting and texture and how they relate, and then how you composite it back in. Which you can say what you want about Michael Bay, he's a freaking god at that. That yeah. is what he's good at. And it's because, yeah, he went and helped develop an entire rendered engine for it. He does a really, really good job with it. Didn't he do a full CGI movie, The Owls of Bagul or whatever? Gahul? That's, that's Zack Snyder. Oh. Yeah. Roger Deakins. To Deacons. me, they're interchangeable. They are the same person to me. <laughs> I'll say I enjoy... I feel like uh, I think Michael Bay is a little bit more of a competent director, regardless of whether or not I think his movies are better overall. Because I feel like he, a lot of the things I don't like about his movies are, like, stylistic choices. Yeah. Like, it's something, like, he has control over. Like, the cutting. Like, there's so many examples. There's the one scene where they're, like, trapped in, like, the Morse code room and that little, with, like, the secretary and the, the Glenn, the hacker guy and the chick. And they're all just, like, fighting this one tiny little Decepticon and it's just spinning around and cutting to different spins. It's like, how much cooler would the shot be if you just kept the whole spin? Like, that's the whole action sequence. It's like, yeah. you clearly already have that shot. Why don't you just do that? But it's, it's like, I don't know. Are all his movies two and a half hours? Because I feel like he uses a lot of the interspliced cuts as like a buffer to like push that time up. Yeah. I mean, Pearl Harbor's like three. Armageddon's like three. The Rock is two and a half, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, he's kind of a, 
I always call him like the dude bro version of James Cameron. That's a very good way of putting it. I I have something that I need to play um, that my friend said when I was screaming about this movie. Um, Bay style filmmaking is basically just Miami Vice on steroids. What do you say on steroids? It's Michael Bay's style of filming is just uh, Miami Vice on steroids. Oh yeah. 100%. Which I was like, that is brilliant. Yeah. But that's exactly what he is. He's very much an '80s kid, with lots of color, lots of fun, lots of sounds, lots of sounds. <laughs> lots of sounds. The sound design in this is sick. It's so good. Really good sounds. I remember that that in the opening title sequence was the first thing that like had me in that movie. And like I think that's why it impacts me so much as an adult now because that was the first time that like I went to the movies and I and I wanted to see a movie and I sat down and the fucking second it started that opening monologue and then like it presses out of earth and you see the transformers logo I looked at my mom and I go I'm going to like this movie a lot. And the whole fucking time I was just absolutely lost and I was laughing so much because it was like one of the first like crude comedy movies that I saw as a kid. Yeah. Where I think that's partly why now I'm not as like interested in PG-13 like family friendly films now because I feel yeah. like there this was like the beginning of that like let's do an action and also make it like a family comedy and make all these you know modern you know contemporary jokes about society and shit and it's like it was unique at one point and now I feel like everything leans to that and I just don't find it as amusing as I do but with yeah. this movie I still I still love it equally as much because it's kind of like helped form your opinions and what you like because this yeah. impacted you so much yeah yeah. I mean, it was definitely, like, the VFX just blew me away. They still blew me away. Again, yeah. again not to circle back to something we've already talked about, I was I was literally gape-jawed watching with how good this movie looks. It literally looks like it could come out today. If uh, I was reading, if you, can, if you take all of the pieces of all of the Transformer robots, the digital pieces, you could make a track to the moon back and still be able to circle the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> They're all, overall, they're comprised of, like, 60,000, like, pieces of data that all have, like, they all, and the cool thing about the design of the robots is it's not like they're a car and then there's, like, VFX magic to make them a robot. Every single yeah. piece that moves is a car piece. So that's why yeah. when they go to a car and they go to a robot, you still see all the car parts because they're yeah. designed to be cars, which the, I think is so one crazy. Thing, and I know, I know I'm not the person, the first person to say this, but I wish when they were doing the designs, as impressive it is, as it is that they had to animate every single little piece that is moving and shifting, almost like it's it's liquid. Yeah. I wish there was more of like a clunk lock into place okay. so I could see it shift more and more and more. I feel like yeah. that would give me like just a tad more tangibility to this abstract concept of yeah. Transformers. I feel like that probably goes along with the Michael Bay style where if they did have the clunk and stuff, you'd probably have to try to make it consist. It would be cool to have Bumblebee clunk when he's an old car. Yeah. And then not do it when he's a new car. Because I yeah. feel like it might throw off some of the pacing if you had... Because one of my favorite scenes is at the end. When it's that one, it's, and it's a one continuous shot of the Air Force. And it's Starscream as one of the jets. And he transforms out, shoots a bunch of the planes, transforms back. And it just like follows him like whipping through the city. And it's like that ability to transform something that in, in the air. Because they yeah. actually got to shoot with like real planes and helicopters and stuff. Yeah. So it was like, that to me was just nuts. And I don't think, and I feel like that fluidity of the transformation is what makes those kinds of scenes work. Where if you didn't have that, I think you would miss it by just a beat. And then it just yeah. wouldn't play out as smoothly as you needed it to. Maybe with the first, I know there's one, I think it's the police car is the first thing to fully transform. Such a and good, I, such a sick reveal. Well, no, because I guess Blackout, no, Blackout, 
transforms at the very beginning out of a Black Hawk helicopter. Fair. But it's like, uh, it's the first one that's like revealed. It's supposed to be this big aha moment to Shia LaBeouf's character, which we haven't even talked about yet. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, um, but, uh, and it's it's a very low, like, wide shot, and it, like, follows the Transformer completely up. Like, it's it's very clear Michael Bay wanted this to be the big moment. Yeah. And I feel like having those locks into place and having th- everything a little bit, be a little bit more like a like a piece of origami or something shifting in. Where it's, like, or unfolding like, it, almost? Yeah, unfolding. I just okay. wanted a little bit of clearness. This is just a personal gripe, yeah. but I know I'm yeah. not the first person to say this. It. It just, it would have made it feel more like how the toys work, which I, then after you told me they were toys, I was like, oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah. And like the way they shift and move, it just, it would have been cool. It probably would have been easier on the animators, to be honest, but there's still, there's still no denying this movie looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. It looks so good. It looks so good. And I feel like that's partly why I have such a disdain for the rest of the series, because like not only is the drop off so bad, even the animation gets shittier. Like, really? yeah, like the fourth, I distinctly remember, because especially when I first started watching Transformers, I really wanted to get into VFX. And I was like, if I could ever like learn how to make a Transformer, that'd be so sick. And yeah. I was watching, and I was, so I was like going through the processes of like learning VFX software and learning how to, you know, pixelize things and make them shift and make them be something else. And I was watching the fourth Transformers, and that's the one where like the humans start creating their own Transformers. And the way they transform, I remember watching this because I'm like, I literally have done that. That is how easy this animation is. They just turn into cubes and then just float away and then just become a car. What? Yeah, that is the new breed of Transformers. And like part of it's kind of cool because there's a scene where they like, like the particles go through Bumblebee and like like the Transformers like in front of him and then it goes through him and it transforms behind him. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But like it's it just gets lazier and sloppier every single movie and it's like, they get longer. The story gets shittier. When so, does Mark Wahlberg come in? That's the fourth one. That's that one. The fourth one. What's the one where he rides a metal dinosaur? Four and five. I don't think he rides it in the fifth one, but it's there in the fifth one. Such an awful use of Grimlock, too, by the way. You stupid fucks. What's a Grimlock? That's the di- the giant T-Rex robot. He's a badass. And they don't... He's just there, and he's bigger than everybody else, and then he's just not there. <laughs> But he's still just bigger than everybody else. And it's like, why don't you use this? It's a literal... What does he transform into? If he's I don't... a... Or I don't... is he just a metal robot? Or I a metal think, dinosaur? I think most of the time he's just a metal dinosaur. But I want to say there's a moment where he transforms and it's like, an, like a giant like tanker truck type thing. Yeah, I don't remember. Those movies are... They all... I had to look up which one was the one they turned into particles. Because I was like, they all blur together. After Jesus. after three, they're just all just so bad. I do I do remember as a kid because I wasn't the only like twelve year old to go see this movie. I remember talking about it with the kids in class, and they were all complaining that it was hard to tell any of the Transformers apart aside from Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. Which I don't. I mean, I guess. Again, I don't I guess know any a- of the Transformers, so I mean, it was all fun to me because I wasn't looking for anybody. Yeah. I guess because maybe I knew cars a little bit. Well, I just knew, like, Ratchet's the ambulance, Ironhide's okay. the truck, and Jazz is the fucking Pontiac Solstice. <laughs> uh, I remember when I first saw that car, I was like, whoa, why aren't they all dope-ass sports cars? I'm like, And then I grew up, and I was like, it's literally a Pontiac Solstice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I 
on Pontiac. I will, I will. Uh, also, fun fact about that, that scene where Jazz gets introduced, that Cadillac dealership is like not even a mile away from my house. Oh, yeah. You go I, visit sometimes? I No, I was going to Taco Bell once. And I was like, I was at the stoplight and I was like on my phone. And I looked up and I was like, no, <laughs> no fucking way. I was like, that's where it is. And it looks exactly the fucking same. And I was like, there just wasn't a solstice in the window, unfortunately. But I was like, God damn. Can we take a moment to talk about Bernie Mac? Oh, <laughs> oh Mammy, don't be like that. If I had a rock, I'd bust your head. <laughs> She's deaf, you know. <laughs> Bobby Bolivia, like the country without the runs. <laughs> the fuck? It's a clown suit. <laughs> oh, the clown suit. It's hot, makeup's melting, it hurts my eyes. <laughs> Which I swore to God was John Linguizamo. <laughs> like, I no one could convince me otherwise. I even looked at the cast list and was like, IMDb is wrong. That's John Linguizamo, I swear to God. We do have to say, this movie, I feel like, took every extra from every movie from, like, the 2000 until 2007. It was just like, we just need to film you saying one fucking Michael Bay-ass line on camera. And they just went through it. And that's where so much of, a, I think, like, the duration starts coming from. It's like all these random people's reactions to just... That's why I think it's kind of like a first impact sound, like satire. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's a satire. I think you're it's giving definitely way not. too much. Oh, it's to definitely not. It's definitely not. But that's the way I interpret it now, and it makes me feel better about how stupid everything okay. is. Yeah, because it just well, makes more sense that way. You remember me sending you a snap where I was like, "Who is this dude? What is he from?" There's a shot of like I think he's an FBI police guy. Yeah, I don't know. Arwen. But it's Arwen from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, just there in There's, the background. I, I don't. You did you see Phil of the Future? We talked Phil? about this. Yeah, the Disney Channel show. The, the principal in there, in that show, who's so adamant about figuring out that Phil's family is like aliens or from the future, he's in that, he, they do a clip of him on the news and he's like, I saw it, an alien fell right here. My moped's oh, under right. there, man. Who's going to pay for that? That's right. And then the Sam's teacher in his class is Taub from House. So many random people. That you know. That you it's know, like, yeah. Like, where did you find these people? Did they all have an off day and was like, sure. It, it had to be. It had to be. And I also feel like this kind of goes back to, we kind of talked about this, not to even attempt to compare this to prisoners, but we did talk about how the prisoner's duration, because also it's a great story, but it also works because you're following a lot of different characters. Yeah. And I think that this, for me, why it took me a minute to realize how long this movie was, because was because you shift topics and you shift scenes and you shift characters so often to the point where it's like every single time I just feel like I'm refreshing. So like it doesn't start to feel bogged down because I'm not looking at the same thing over and over and over again. So I definitely hear you. And I see I see what you're saying. And yes, that works statistically for long duration movies. If you have characters I give a shit about. <laughs> I'm sorry. The blonde Australian chick. I watched this movie twice. I forgot she was in this movie both times because she's so unmemorable. Why is <laughs> she even there? Bring her back. I I don't know, because I want to say sex appeal, but, like, you have Megan Fox, so that's Which a bold Which has enough ass. sex appeal for six movies. For literally the entire goddamn country. Uh, <laughs> so that seems bold. Also, they, and they try to, like, make her, like, like, a smart chick. And I appreciated that, that she's a smart chick. But, but like, she's not, because she has to get somebody else. Yeah, but she's, they keep, and, like, yeah. So I'm like, so you're not sex appeal, but you're also like not the smartest person in the room. I guess she was just there to give you that expositional dialogue that everybody else was just clearly too stupid to notice. 
Yeah. Which she is like, does why do you all... must have a woman like that, I guess. Because she, she does, I distinctly remember the line, I forget what the hacker guy's name is. What's Glenn, his name? Glenn. Glenn. Glenn, can you do Morse code? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. This was also, this is also one of the first times, one of the first times I've seen people just go to Morse code as, as an option. And I, I remember in the theaters being like, oh, wow, that's very clever. Fast forward 15 <laughs> years later, every fucking movie, show, anytime anyone's abandoned anywhere, they're like, it's Morse code. Does everybody have the Morse code? Because I'll be fucked. I know SOS. <laughs> that's it. Everybody else is speaking this whole new language, apparently, in 2021. <laughs> Excuse me. We should all learn. We should do an entire podcast episode in Morse code. <laughs> I think we should. If we do a war film, that's how we do it. Oh, God. Cutting that would be so hard. I'd be like, oh, we messed up. <laughs> Gotta go back. We're not going to understand that word. <laughs> I can't tell if that was our intro clap if we're talking. What is happening? <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> nah, that's fine. You'll be complaining over text. I'll be like, wow, that sucks, bro. Anyway. I'll be complaining to you in Morse code. Dot, dot, line, line, dash, 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 dot, 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 exclamation point, angry face, dash, dot, 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 dot. It's like, well, I don't think that was necessary. Seems a bit overdramatic, but fine. All right. Also, where do those two go at the end of the movie? Huh? Also, where do those two go at the end of the movie? They're in the Hoover Dam. They signal the Air Force with Morse code, and then they vanish from the entire rest of the movie. Oh my God, they do! <laughs> they never come back. They don't come back in the second, the third. They are just gone dead. From the franchise. They're dead. <laughs> I don't even think the Secretary of Defense comes back after that scene. What? John Voight was in a lot of movies in the early 2000s. Yeah, he, he was. Like, the the National Treasure movie, this. He was with Shia and Holes. What? He was oh, he shot. was Holes? I'm tired of this, Grandpa. That's too damn, damn bad. bad. You keep that's digging. That's not, <laughs> not John Voight, but. No, but that's the best line from Holes, and I'll fight anybody, anybody in the world who wants to argue that with me. I feel like that's also part of the reason I, I find this movie so funny. Because a lot of times when I think of quotes, I always just try to think of, like, how relatable is this to, like, a moment in my life that I can apply this to? Like, the For amount me, it's only, it's hot, makeup's melting, hurts my eyes. That's, <laughs> that's me all the time in the summer. Every time I was ever shoveling my car to get ready for work or school, I was like, the ice is freezing faster than it's melting! <laughs> That's right, the boat scene with the, which there's no reason that Sam has to have this whole backstory with his oh, grandpa. He so could have just found these funny. glasses on eBay. <laughs> it's so, are you username ladies man 217? <laughs> Where is the eBay item 21153? <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to talk about Shia LaBeouf. Okay, I think it's time. I think it's time to talk about the boy. How do we... So this this was his big departure from Disney. Yeah, clearly. He was one of the first. He was a pioneer. <laughs> and this is what he chose to do, where he's just even Stevens with robots. I mean, it's probably a smart move. To be fair, this is still the highest grossing week of a movie that's not a sequel. <laughs> so, I mean, to be fair, it... Regardless of what the movie was and what it spawned afterwards, this movie was not a bad career move on anybody's behalf. 
It was not, but it was on Shia LaBeouf's mental health because it turned him into a literal insane person about what? how he didn't want to do these types of movies anymore, but could only get this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which it also could be because he's not that great of an actor, uh, but I'm not going to go toe-to-toe with him on that because he'll fucking kill me. <laughs> he might actually. <laughs> I, yeah, he will. <laughs> I'll get socked right in the face. I've seen FKA's Twig's um, case report about him. Damn. Uh, yeah, I think this was, like, this was right before he kind of, like, fell off, too, I think. And, I, I mean, given the other two movies, it doesn't, like, if this is where his time and his energy was going, I'm not surprised because those movies suck. <laughs> they just, yeah. they're so bad for everybody involved. They're the, like, polar opposite of this one. <laughs> Yeah. We're like, this is a smart, this was a smart call. This was a good way to do what you want to do. You got to play with the cool VFX and it worked. These other ones just should never have happened. I would have honestly just been happy with just having this one forever and just yeah. not even None going of, in. Aren't there like three of them with Mark Wahlberg? There's two with Mark Wahlberg and then there's the Bumblebee movie with Haley Steinfeld. I hear the Bumblebee one is actually really good. Have I mean, you seen the, that one? Yeah, I saw it, I saw it opening weekend. <laughs> I've seen them all opening weekend. Is I it think, good? I think I actually got to go to Bumblebee on a premiere, like, two weeks before it came out. But, yeah, I mean, is, you can tell you can tell they realized what was working in this one. They were like, what if it's a girl in her car? And then that's the movie. So it's like, yeah, it's cute, it's functional, but it's a cookie-cutter-er version of the first movie. Okay. Which is insane to me, because you already remade the first movie with the second one, and we saw how that went. So why would you just... They're like, oh, well, yes, we only reskin the parts people liked. It'll work. The Rise... Which one's the second one with Shia LaBeouf? Rise of the Fallen? Revenge of the Fallen, yeah. Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. Rise of the Fallen of the Planet of the Apes. It's literally the exact same premise where it's like, Sam still has a sliver of the cube on his shirt. He touches it. Now Now the location for a totally different legendary cybernetic weapon in the middle of Egypt is now imprinted in his brain. So now the Decepticons have to get him and steal it out of his brain. And what does he end up doing? Goes to the desert, gets the thing, destroys it, kills everybody. So I, I have seen the second I saw the second one in theaters, but I forgot because I remember falling asleep during it. It's awful. God, that's why. Okay. So I have seen the second one, and yes, I can confirm it's awful so bad that it put me to sleep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Shia, Shia LaBeouf is serviceable in this. He's insufferable at some points. There are some moments where I'm like, dude, shut up. Just stop talking. Yeah. Um, I do really like his line delivery of, I'm a teenager and I'm gross, when his dad is like, (laughs) I'm a child. (laughs) I'm a child, yeah. Why are you so sweaty and filthy? (laughs) I'm a child. He does have moments where he's like reeled in, but I don't, he can do like subtle, like dry humor. I think he's really, really good at that. Yeah. But, but I don't know if it's because directors are know he's also capable of doing, like, scream-yelling comedy that they constantly push him to do that. Yeah. And it's like, I have, like, six seasons of Even Stevens that I can watch if I wanted to see that. Especially, the, oh, sorry. You keep going. Well, it's just, it's just like, and even if I do rewatch Even Stevens, the parts that are actually making me laugh are when he's dry and subtle about it. Yeah. 
it's not when he's screaming. I would like him to see a comedy film where he is dry and almost like a Jason Bateman kind of character. That would be interesting. I feel like he could probably, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's. I think he'd nail it. Yeah, I think he would be good at it. I haven't really seen him, like, as a serious actor. I think, like, yeah. the most you recent. You seen Honey Boy? I've seen Honey Boy, but I would not put his entire career behind that movie. Nope. I, I respect him too much for that. Well, not respect, but. I'm I'll, surprised I'll, you should respect him. Yeah, I was like, I'll give him more credit than putting his whole career behind Honey Boy. Um, but yeah, I also feel like, especially towards the the second half of the movie, where it's very much less of this like YA kind of like awkward comedy movie, and it yeah. becomes more straightforward. It starts to seem kind of out of place that Sam is still so like rambly and awkward. And I guess he does kind of come into his own, and like he kind of becomes more decisive at the end of the movie. Yeah, which I don't mind, but yeah, he. He does constantly seem like a dude that's flying by the seat of his pants, which is just kind of... But I guess it is like, Sam. It, it It's fun as, like, the start of the movie and him being shocked by everything that's happening. And there is a moment when he's, like, in the military base or whatever, like, the fucking Pentagon. I don't know where the hell anybody is in this movie. And he's, like, <laughs> trying to correct them that they're called Decepticons. And he's, like, actually serious. Yeah. But then he does, like, a little by the way, and it's like, dude, just say, like, stand your ground. Don't be a yeah. fucking catty teenager about it. Well, he's a teen. He's a child. He's filthy. That man is 36 <laughs> in these movies, okay? We call them NBE1, non-biological <laughs> alien entity. Or, no, non-biological extraterrestrial. Non-binary electronics. <laughs> My new gender. My Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like the uh, the crazy alien cybernetic language that the Decepticons speak. Like, none of them really speak English until... Oh, yeah. I do love a made-up language. Yeah. And I like that it's... And, like, I guess for, like, a Transformer language, too. Like, that's exactly what I would imagine. It's all just, yeah. like, weird, inaudible, <laughs> like, muzzle sounds and, like, clicks. <laughs> uh. I wanted a screwdriver sound effect in there for some reason. I wanted them to just speak in screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to kill that one. It's fucking awful. That's Bumblebee's new voice. <laughs> I could deal with the bleep bloops and the splats, but <laughs> this new sound is fucking horrible. My cybernetic ears are gonna explode. <laughs> I I do there is like a very Spielberg y shot and I wonder if Spielberg was on set that day when all the Transformers are like around Sam's house and there's like a spotlight and it's very yeah. like panny and it's like a pseudo one take. It yeah. goes around everything. It's it feels like I'm watching War of the Worlds, like instantly yeah. whenever I see that shot. So I don't know if Spielberg was on the day just trying to make sure his little like I don't know, I'm gonna call him his godson, Michael Bay, wasn't fucking shit up. Michael's just there at Video Village like Steven, did you see? Did you see? Look! <laughs> looks like you! And Steven's just like, yes, Michael. It's like, great. It. So cool. I need to go make Tintin. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tintin. <laughs> He's really good. <laughs> I need to go make Tintin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we I now mean, talk about Megan Fox? Oh, we can always talk about Megan Fox. Well, yeah, but My we're... My first lady gonna... crush. Very it's first. everybody's first lady crush. And I know, but lady... I just feel so special being a small 10-year-old, semi-straight, seeing her on screen and being like, oh, that's a new Hello. feeling. <laughs> that's a new feeling. <laughs> I think I just hit puberty <laughs> in yes. two and a half hours. This was, the this was the woman that turned literally everybody gay 
even if you were full-blown straight. Or a child. Or a child. Yeah, a child. Babies were in the womb, creaming their pants (laughs) over Megan Fox. And for good reason. The woman is fine as hell, but she also caused numerous insecurities for every other girl on the planet. To the point where if we were looking for things to be wrong with her. Do you remember when everybody wouldn't shut up about her thumbs? Oh, yeah. No, I remember being like, oh, I love Megan Fox. And I'm pretty sure the first person who heard me say that goes, oh, she's a whore. And I was like, yeah, I'm 11. And I would like to just have my opinion, please. Yep. Welcome, welcome to the woman that that literally warped females everywhere. Just we we just to end up with I, MGK. What a yeah. damn fucking shame. And it's probably our fault because we wouldn't shut up about her fucking thumbs. <laughs> She's like, what's his name, Carlson or something? Do you my thumbs okay? She's like the great baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go write Eminem a diss track. <laughs> I'm beefing with the cashier at McDonald's right now. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm writing some fire shit on him. So, is it another punk album? <laughs> no. <laughs> Pick a genre, sweetheart. Pick a genre. Pick a genre. Wasn't he a country singer at one point? Probably. God. Who knows? But no, she... she I mean, everything about this movie is just to fetishize her. She's tanned and sweaty and for some reason only exclusively wearing bathing suit tops as bras. And she's only dirty when it's hot to be dirty. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Every other time where you're like, oh, everybody else is... I remember this is like one of the biggest things in Revenge of the Fallen. There is not a speck of dirt on her that whole fucking movie. She's running through fucking Egypt (laughs) in a leather jacket, not a drop of sweat. Not nope. one eyebrow hair is even slightly out of place. But a beautiful glisten. A, like a, a beautiful, yeah. like, sex glisten. Yeah. That's what she has. Yeah. God. It's like, Jesus, I wish I could work out and just look like I was having incredible sex instead. <laughs> but <laughs> every frame of this, every frame that she's in is to make sure she looks as immaculately hot as she can. Like, she needs any special yeah. help. But I remember specifically after the famous, like, you know, leaning over the car, fixing the engine she- scene that everybody is, has gushed over in their life. Uh, which also, bravo, Michael Bay. We didn't need that shot. We didn't deserve that shot. But we thank you for that we shot. Thank we you thank you for that Megan shot. Megan Fox as well. Bravo. Thank you. Anyway, I want to talk about when she's walking away from the car. Because her hair goes from up, walking away, to a pan to Sam, and then back down and perfect. <laughs> Just... I, I know how you're saying, like, she's she gave every girl body disfigurement issues. Yeah. She she almost didn't for me. But I realized in the Transformers, I was like, she never has a single fucking hair out of place. Her hair is never frizzy. It is shiny and silky smooth. And that was just like, I was like, if your hair doesn't look like that, you have bad hair. Yep. <laughs> if your hair doesn't look like Megan Fox in every shot of Transformers, it's bad. Yep. That that this this is the woman that did it for all of us and i say st- i stand by that looking back now i understand what uh, insecurities are and what happens and yeah. like how to how to bring women up and i definitely bring you up megan fox and i apologize for my horrible 12 year old mind that was insanely jealous of you and now i just want you to know that i want to sleep with you very bad and i don't know if you go both ways like you said in jennifer's body but i'm taking your line <laughs> delivery as like an actual like wink wink and um you know i'm available just saying <laughs> buddy you better step the fuck back. I am way ahead of you in that line. I'm calling it. I'm just calling it now. I won't reserve a line. I won't reserve a spot for anybody else. But goddamn. 
I'm not waiting it's behind you and MGK. Fuck that. The whole world is in line for Megan Fox. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to line jump. I'm going to get the fast lane pla- pass. <laughs> Just drop a really shitty album. Get a tattoo and we'll be on our way. Who did she date before? She was Michigan married Cal- to Brian Austin Green from Beverly Hills 90210, who was like 25 years older than her. Oh my god, we should have never teased her about her fucking thumbs. That's what I'm we- saying. I never teased Megan. I was personally offended when people brought up her thumbs. Because I, I remember the first time I heard the thumb thing, and I was like, I remember looking at it and looking at the person whose phone I had, and I'm looking back at it and being like, this is gross to you? Like, this is what is a deal breaker yeah. on Megan Fox? Yes! <laughs> a fucking thumb! And I think it's only one, isn't it? Like, I don't it's only even one think of it her thumbs. It looks that bad. It, it doesn't! <laughs> what? It literally doesn't look like anything. It's a fucking thumb. Have you seen some people's toes? Have you seen like, some people's fucking nothing. faces? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Megan Fox! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure even Aphrodite had a hair out of... Well, even Megan Fox doesn't have a hair out of place. She just has a thumb. (laughs) She's better than Aphrodite. (laughs) She is Aphrodite. I mean, honestly, yeah. If if we're going to try to say that the deities are walking amongst us, there's no way... If one of them is Megan Fox. There's no way there's not a divine being inside of Megan Fox's body. (laughs) There's one thing I do want to say, and this is not me trying to bring women down, I swear to God. Oh, no. She does lack that Angelina Jolie thing. It's the lips. No, 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 no. It's the presence. It's not the lips. Well, she also doesn't it, have nearly the fucking script Angelina Jolie got to work, gets to work with in a lot of stuff. Because I feel like Angelina Jolie is the a power- Tomb Raider script? Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, I, I get what, yeah, I see what you're saying, like, in the presence, where, like, Angelina Jolie off-screen is intimidating, where it's, like, Megan Fox is also off-screen intimidating, but she's always cast as, like, kind of shallow. <laughs> So yeah. I, I don't feel like you get the impactfulness from her performances because it's not written into her characters. So so part part of it was like I I remember when these came out Megan Fox was huge. Huge. Just literally like she she was in this movie and blew up. And you know what's so and funny? She was really not in anything else. That's what I was about to say. She, she was just famous as shit. Else. She was in Jennifer's Body, Jonah Hex, and then the Ninja Turtles movie, and I'm pretty sure those all have like 3 or 4 years between them. Which Jennifer's body is the only one that I've seen actual range from her. Or yeah. I, I'm starting to chalk it up to I don't think she's actually a good actress. She's cast on physicality alone. Which, hey, bravo, make a career out of that. There's tons of actors that can. But it, it just, it, watching this kind of made me realize, like, why I didn't see her. She really isn't that good of an actress. A lot of her line delivery is just, like, dead-eyed and just... Do <sighs> You know what she did get for this movie? What? Lincoln Park. She met them at a concert, and they when she was telling them about the project she was working on, they were like, "Can we be on the the soundtrack?" She was like, "I'll see what I can do." And you'll notice what I've done just plays very quietly throughout this entire movie. Anytime there's not robot sounds, it's just Lincoln Park, and that's why I fucking love this movie so much. <laughs> Is it really? I don't. I can't tell you a single Lincoln Park song. So oh my gosh! Yeah, it's the ending credit song, and then like, yeah, they play it for like every scene that's. Like, not a hardcore rock song or part of the soundtrack. It's just what I've done. Like, when he drops her off in the car, it's, like, the very piano, like, bit at the beginning. And then, like, I think later on in the movie, plays again. And it's, like, on the radio on someone's car, too. Mm. Love that. That was, like, one of the big appeals to this movie. I remember when I saw the trailers for this movie. I'm like, 
Because obviously I, I grew up with Shia LaBeouf as a kid, loved fucking holes. And this was like the first thing I got to see yeah. him do outside of Disney. So I was like. Stanley Yelnats. <laughs> Stanley Yelnats the fourth. Because <laughs> it's the same forwards as it is backwards. It's <laughs> the whitest shit I've ever heard in my life. Stinky fucking feet. <laughs> it's onions. <laughs> um, we should do holes. I'm so down. Uh, I uh, I remember seeing it. I was like, Shia LaBeouf's in it. It's got dope cars. I loved like the Transformers toys as a kid. And then like Lincoln Park was on all the trailers and like. All of the print was like music by Linkin Park and music with Linkin Park. And I was like, this is my freaking movie, mom. You don't understand. whole movie is blue. I know. That's that's where I, I fell down a little bit of a stylistical. That's what led me to Matthew Libatique was because he likes everything blue as shit when he's not doing like Birds of Prey. Even Birds of Prey is actually relatively blue for what it is. But Well, that's like the go-to color palette for films because it's such a contrast is to have blue and or like particularly turquoise and orange. Yeah. I just like the I mean, blue's my favorite color, so I just like I just liked the way that that looked. So yeah, there is one shot in this movie that is not turquoise and orange, and that's when they're showing like the military base supercomputer. It's a like slight minty green. Yeah, yeah. Even when they're in the desert, it's still got this like blue tint and this blue. like weird vignette around the sides. <laughs> also, apparently, that scene where like Scorpionk, the the obviously the Scorpion Decepticon, is like going through the sand. <laughs> they actually had landmines. <laughs> under the sand for when he's going and michael bay was just like run fast action <laughs> and he was like literally if you don't outrun the explosion you might lose a body part <laughs> what in the guerrilla warfare why the fuck they were like I, that does put a new whole spin on guerrilla style filming oh yeah this is guerrilla warfare yeah i feel like this film is relatively gritty with how i mean it's a michael bay film so obviously it goes deep into the special effects but like for it being like his first family film it's still relatively dangerous on like a production level yeah. like yeah. the amount of actual explosions there are and like things that are actually moving there's so many explosions this this i know pearl harbor has a lot of explosions but it also has like two hours of nothing happening yeah and like all the explosions don't happen to the end this one was non-stop i think there's an explosion like every 15 minutes I love something explodes <laughs> i remember when i was just going to town on the like the last final fight because it's obviously like one of my favorite parts of the movie to just watch because it's just an absolute mess but there's this scene where like sam's running across the building where he's going to go to the statue and megatron's bursting through it and for some reason it blows up like with like flames and sparks and i just audibly cackled because like it's not just it's a michael bay explosion so it's not just like one punch up it's like the one big one goes off and then four tiny ones like go off in a string afterwards and i'm like for breaking through a cement building that's what happened yes don't you know they keep canisters of gasoline with matches right next to them at all times obviously well, um, this was the first time they got to shoot at the Hoover Dam and at the Pentagon since 9-11. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause, uh, they, shot at the, they allow people to film at the Pentagon? They allow Michael Bay to film at the Pentagon. Oh, I'm sorry, your highness. Well, no, but you were just saying he's in bed with the military, essentially. So they're like, yeah. That's true. I w yeah, That's true. I was reading it, and they were like, Michael Bay wanted to save money by filming in a place in America that he knew. And I'm like, so you picked the Hoover Dam the Pentagon in Los Angeles. <laughs> Probably three of the hardest places to film in America. <laughs> Michael Bay only has ideas. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 
he's an idea man well i just think it's funny that's like if if anyone's going to explain shooting at the pentagon as an easy cheap location that you just have on the back burner it's somebody like michael bay who's like yeah can i just bring some bitches in here and you know go to town and they're like I feel like sure. it's gonna be Michael Bay and Clint Eastwood are the only people yeah. that have access to that fucking like shit. That. Something like that. God. Um, yeah, because I mean, obviously they used a bunch of like real soldiers and like real military uniforms and like a bunch of the the vehicles are real, which is pretty cool. Does he have like a brother in the military? I dude, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's just a well known fact that Michael Bay is just connected with the U.S. military, which is a bit frightening when I say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he does, like, war propaganda for them or something? I mean, we haven't been at war technically yet, but... <laughs> I mean, we're always kind of at yeah, war Yeah, I feel somebody. like once we're fully at war, then we'll know the answer to that question. <laughs> well, we got all this shit happening with the Ukraine, so it could be soon. Jesus. During the or Olympics, guys, on the credits. during my good Christian Olympics, can you just wait? <laughs> wait two weeks, then you can go back to killing each other. This is about unity <laughs> and culture. <laughs> and watching and Sean sports. White get some big ass fucking air. <laughs> Even your fucking Olympics. Oh, they're so fun. Dude, this is your favorite movie. This is your time to say things. I was saying say we've things. been talking for over an hour about it. I expected us to go for five. I mean, I can go. I can go farther into why the cars look so fucking sick. Dude, because like how. I was <laughs> Why'd you get so broke for that moment? <laughs> I moved to California and started watching Michael Bay films. <laughs> All right. Tell me why the cars look so fucking They look sick. so cool. Well, because like I was saying, they did the whole ambience thing in Pearl Harbor. And, like, Pearl Harbor looks pretty good CGI-wise. But it's I feel like the set pieces are, like, a little too big. And the explosions are a little too crazy for any of that to actually look good for me. Also, it doesn't happen until two and a half hours into the movie. So at that point, That's I'm okay. just- okay, we get to look at Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, I'm just waiting for hours. Ben Affleck to die at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> not for any particular reason. That's just what I was prepared for. <laughs> but like the way they, they do it here on the cars, they like took time to like go through the process of like painting and like moving vehicles. So like even in the 3D renderings, like they're painted like a car so you have like the metal texture and it's got like it's ridges like it's ridges and it's edges and stuff and then they have like a layer of the paint and they have like a layer of like vfx primer on them that's specifically there to reflect the light from each individual part so that's why Ooh. they like can move so seamlessly in scenes because of that that using that render and like streamlining it in such a precise way Ooh. yeah i thought that was very cool that was very nice <laughs> I want to see Michael Bay do a Christine remake. Oh, that'd be cool. I want to see Michael Bay do Titan. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. It would be it would be an extra two hours long, and it would all just be car fucking. <laughs> and the second and third act would be completely missing. <laughs> just be like fire, fire everywhere, fire for all. <laughs> No, I thought that I was. I don't want to see. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I thought it was. Um. Yeah, I feel like this was kind of his lightning in a bottle for me, at least. I know he has. This isn't his best movie, but it's pretty far up there. It's not like the rest of his. Let movie. me. If you don't mind, let me look at Michael Bay's filmography yeah. real quick here. I feel like the top contenders for what would be better would be Armageddon and The Rock. I know what mine is, and it's not going to be the one you expect. It's Pain and Gain. Fuck. I told you that. Wow. Shocking. <laughs> it is it is pain and gain. I love pain and gain two pieces. 
Um, so let's see here. 13 hours pain and gain. Oh, he's, that's right. He's doing Ambulale Sance. I'm shocked he's only directed 59 things and half of them are music videos. Oh, that's where half he came from. His... Why do you think his lighting is so crazy? That's true. Half of his stuff is music. He did a music video for Donny Osmond called Sacred Emotion. <laughs> It's it's so funny when you like when you read stuff about like directors and cinematographers who come from music videos. They take so much stuff off of their filmography once they start doing. He movies. did three music videos for Donny Osmond. Three of them. Didn't you hear his like breakout role was that is that Got Milk commercial he did? Donny Osmond? No, Michael Bay. Oh. Did Donny Osmond do a, a Got Milk commercial? No, but he was Joseph in the Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcast. <laughs> Ayo. Close every door to me. Hide all the world from me. Uh, he did, um, barter my daytime. He did a meatloaf thing. Oh, he did bad boys. I forget he's he the bad, bad boys, boys guy. He, did he do both of them? I'm only seeing bad boys too. I think he, I don't know. I know he didn't do the new one. <laughs> Six Underground. I heard about. Oh, this that movie. was the Netflix original. That was very Michael Bay and very, very much a waste of two hours. It's got Ryan Reynolds. I enjoy Ryan Reynolds. If you, I will. Uh, I would like to see you watch Six Underground and to come away and to hear if you actually enjoyed that experience. Can I enjoy it just for Ryan Reynolds? Uh, that's why I want to know. I want to know if. For you, if he can carry that whole movie. Because I thought he was relatively okay with it, in it, but that movie is just so long and so much nothing. The first 20 minutes are so sick. That's what like got me started watching because one of my roommates was watching it and I came in and I was like, what is this? And like, it's a new yeah. Michael Bay film. I was like, oh, this looks cool. And I'm like, yeah, 20 minutes later, I was like, is there going to be more? And then an hour later, I was like, there's going to be more. There's definitely going to be more. And then like an hour 30 passed. And I was like... I don't think there's going to be more. And then I got to the end and there wasn't. <laughs> and I go, I can't sit through that movie ever again. I I might try to watch it. I might try to watch it after we're done. Um, yeah, I don't, how, this man is old. I'm looking at his photo. He's old. He yeah. was born in 1965. Yeah. Wow. At least he's hip with the kids. <laughs> That's what he is. <laughs> hip. <laughs> He doesn't gaslight or mildly abuse people. He did the island. Oh, yeah, he did. Isn't that ScarJo? That is ScarJo. I actually really like this movie. I think it's executed really poorly, but I think it's a really cool idea. He did Point Break, too, didn't he? Did he do Point Break? Let us look. Do, 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 do. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. He may have written it. Whoa, he has a new movie called Robo Apocalypse. Oh, that sounds so sick. It's gonna Sci-fi be- story set in the aftermath of a robot op- uprising. So it's Terminator? Yeah, but it's going to look like Transformers probably. <laughs> I I hope it's like some estranged sequel to RoboCop. That'd be great. Well, they do should- you want to do our rating? Do you have more to say? I just feel like they should have done better with this franchise. What if they did, like, a robo-heist? Like, people are working with the Transformers to do, like, illegal shit, and they're, like, terrorists. That'd be a way more compelling than it's just, oh, another fucko just fell out of the goddamn sky and wants to blow us all the bits. That's the point of every one of these movies. 
I want to go to the Transformer planet. They have they a do. Whole planet. They right? do. I mean, it's destroyed. They one. They do at the beginning of the third one. Well, no, they go to the dark side of the moon. Well, that's the name of the movie. Uh, and that's where they find Sentinel Prime. And then in the fourth one, they're just, like, on a Cybertron ship, and they're, like, going back to their planet and, like, talking and, like, getting the... It's awful. It's absolutely fucking awful. Just either do an entire movie in Cybertron or do an entire movie on Earth. And I think that's, again, another reason why the first one works, especially for a setup, is it's, like, that is too much stuff going on to, like, try to fit into a Michael Bay movie. But, yeah, they end up going to Cybertron, and it's just, like... I don't know, that's where I get, it's just like all CGI stuff. It's just like a completely CGI generated, like, corridor of, like, leaky metal stuff. Also, how do they reproduce? They definitely come from eggs. That's proved in the, the, the first one that they come, or the, the fourth one, I think. They have eggs. They have eggs? They come out of eggs, because they call the, like, the baby Transformers are called hatchlings, because they come out of these, like, soggy sacks. <laughs> It's very disgusting for no reason. I feel like the lore of all this wasn't thought out. I feel like <laughs> was a it? better origin would have been like, this is a rogue AI that happened from an alien colony, and now it just infects all metal electronics. That would make more sense. I wonder, I wonder do you think that'd be like too deep sci-fi, though, for something that's this dumb, <laughs> I guess? If Star Trek can explain it to my 10-year-old brain, Michael Bay can explain it to other 10-year-old brains. <laughs> Wow, you're putting I Michael Bay no on the same level as Star Trek? That's No, that's no, I don't crazy. even know why I that. that is nuts. I'm sorry. He's not taking Data to court at any point in <laughs> time. I'm sure he will um, at some point. <laughs> God. Uh, I do see a movie in here called 13 Hours that has probably the highest IMDb rating I've seen on a Michael Bay film. It has a 7.3 out of 10. Ooh, this has a 7. But not a point three. I know, I know. Where's the point three at? Um, it's called 13 Hours, and I think I know why. Uh, it has John Krasinski in it. Okay. John it Krasinski kind of... Uh, newer? 2016, so, yeah. so newer. Yeah, so newer. That makes sense, then. I think I heard about that. We'll have to... I'll have to watch this one. Is this on anything? Because, uh, John Krasinski is just kind of what... He's... I know he started with The Office as like, Ooh, Jim. But, like, he's a really good actor, and everything he's in, he kind of carries. Mm. Almost accidentally. I feel like that's kind of why it was weird for me, like, to watch him kind of become this leading man. Because I don't think that's how anybody ever pictured him. I don't even think that's how no. he pictured himself. I think no. it's the same, the same shit that happened with Rob Pattinson. They just, like, never yeah. expected that, and then it just kept happening, and they just kept doing it. So now they're just like, you're Batman. They found out that they actually had a natural talent that they were unaware of. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. Which, you but know, gotta love it. I'm happy to get a good actor any day of the week. So, we have Transformers. Do we do our rating? I mean, my rating is just going to be infinity out of infinity. Okay. This movie's incredible. That's fine. So good. I love that you love it. <laughs> I will never watch this movie again in my life. <laughs> I'm never doing this again. I'm probably going to turn around and just put it right back on. <laughs> I may go watch the ending fight thing, because I, I think I had tuned out so much on the two times that I watched this where I was just on my phone. I was on so my I phone to the last. Like I said, it's just it's too many cool shots that you cut away from. And it, where it doesn't mean anything Yeah, anymore. it's such a mess where you're like, okay, people are getting shot at. And the score tells you when they start winning. So you're like, okay, people are winning now. Yep. Yeah, and then there's more robot fighting. <laughs> this, I, I do want to look up who did the score for this. Steve Jabinski? Jabonski? 
Transformers score. Cause, um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Let's see here. She, is that an I or an L? Should be a J. Jablonski. Yeah, Steve Jablonski. Yeah. Um, yeah, the score, the score for this movie, I, I think it's carrying the whole film on its back. It's really telling you everything you need to feel. It's made, there's like a point where Megan Fox is like crying about her dad or whatever. And I'm, I know I'm not feeling anything because of Megan Fox acting in her weird, her weird voice. Her speaking voice is so, it doesn't match the body. (laughs) Like it doesn't. I just don't, I don't understand why it comes out so high. So I wonder if exactly. I don't wonder if, I wonder if that's her acting voice. Like if she has like an acting voice cuz you can tell that her voice naturally wants to go deeper. That's why I think that's why yeah. it feels so unnatural to me cuz there's just like times where she'll deliver lines and I'm like you clearly don't want to be at this pitch. So maybe just yeah, shift down a little bit. Shift down to where you naturally speak. She just instantly starts talking like a bro. She's like, "Oh my god, this movie's so fucking sick." <laughs> I'd be like even hotter. Let's You're go. even better now. <laughs> Dikey Megan Fox. Love it. <laughs> Um, so this composer did Ender's Game. Oh, he did The Sims 3. (laughs) (laughs) Tag, tag. (laughs) Do what bloopsie do. Beep bloop. (laughs) Can I tell the story about how you would say Shreve? Shavakadoo to me every day at Bed Bath Beyond, and I never, I had never seen the vine, so I thought you were speaking <laughs> Simlish. So I would go tag tag to you, <laughs> tag, and tag. you would just laugh, and I thought we were having a conversation. <laughs> I didn't want to break your spirit. <laughs> you just laughed at me. <laughs> well, I remember the day I showed you Free Shavakadoo in the break room. <laughs> And we just watched it for like 10 minutes straight. You have a video of me like learning free Shavakadu on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this movie for me is. See, I have to go on the fact that it surprised me. It wasn't it wasn't the garbage that I thought it was going to be. That's all I ask for. I'm going to give it. Um, seven broken grandams out of ten. I feel like on an objective level, I'd probably give it something like that. I would probably bump it to eight for the person. Did my com- oh, my camera turned off? Um, eight for the whatever. But yeah, my personal connection is everything out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. We all have a movie like that. Yeah. And next week, it's my movie. It is. It is. New episode. Yeah. Every week, next episode, get ready, guys. Paige's head's gonna fucking explode. I'm gonna die. (laughs) I was perfect.